Hey everyone, welcome to my podcast, Let's Have a Glass. Today I have my amazing friend and microblading protege, Michelle Lendis, over to chat about life and her new career. Michelle and I are going to be enjoying one of our favorite drinks, tequila and soda with lime. So let's get things started and let's have a glass. Hello, Michelle. Hey, Audrey. Thanks for having me. How was the drive down? It was good. It was pretty rainy. Not too bad? Not too bad. Okay. Yeah. So you guys were lucky because Michelle lives in Slow, so she took the weekend off just to come hang out and, you know, record this podcast yeah. with me because that's how good of a friend she is. Among other things we're doing, but... Well, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But we kind of, you know, we plan around this. Always. So, yeah, it's perfect. All right. <laughs> so today I'm going to ask... Like I said, Michelle, a few questions about her new career as a microblading artist and her path to self-employment. And we're going to sprinkle some little life adventures, stories in there. Some little nuggets. Oh, yeah. So, Michelle, how's living in San Luis Obispo? I love living in San Luis Obispo. It's gorgeous. It's It's so small. It's a small little town, though. But it's a good one. It's a good small little town. Yeah. It doesn't feel that small. It doesn't. I mean, you're pretty, I mean, obviously you're pretty central. You're in yeah. central California. Yeah. But, you know, you're, <laughs> you're like in a fair amount of driving from L.A. Yeah, it's Or perfect. San Francisco. Yeah, being yeah. right in between L.A. and San Francisco. It's pretty ideal. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. It's like the little Santa Barbara outside of Santa Barbara. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so quaint. So, so quaint. So... Michelle and I used to be neighbors in Orange County. Oh, fuck yeah, we were. We lived in Irvine, of all goddamn places in what Orange County. the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> <laughs> we're the least Irvine people of Irvine. No, we did not fit in. So, no. But man, it was great. We made it work. It we was great. We made it fun. It was, I mean, we lived in a gated community that had two amazing swimming pools, pools. Oh. two jacuzzis, so yeah imagine when any evening of the week you can just be like yo want to go for a swim you want to cooze it want to have a tequila and jacuzzi or 10 who knows (laughs) it's yeah usually somewhere between five and ten yeah gosh that was the dream that was kind of the dream it was so great yeah it was a beautiful time that was probably the best part of orange county you were the redeeming quality of orange county i gotta (laughs) say if it I mean, wasn't yeah. for you, I would have probably that's, like blown yeah, my that's, brains out. That's probably my best memory about living in Orange County. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we it's it's up. okay for all OC folks out there. Yeah. To each their own. If you love it, good for you. Yeah. I wish I loved I it. I wish I could have loved God it. God damn. I mean, I talk shit, but sometimes I do miss it. Yeah, I, I do too. Because, you know, it was clean. It was, it was almost too clean. Yeah. But there was less traffic. I'll yeah. do anything for less traffic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I went... So now where I live, there's literally no traffic ever, yeah. so. Yeah, I'm jealous of that. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah. So, very off subject now. Yeah. Let's but let's, let's get started. It. Let's jump in a career yeah. role. Oh. So, what's your working path until now? Basically, what I was doing up until before I started doing microblading, very un-Michelle work, I gotta say. <laughs> very un-Michelle. That's our new, that's our new saying. It was very off-brand of oh, me. It's been un-Michelle. Um, yeah, I was like working at a super, super corporate office, like basically cubicle style situation. Oh, no, thank you. It, um, to say it was a living nightmare would be an understatement. <laughs> it, it was pretty god awful. Never thought I would be doing something like that. How All long my, did you do that for? Like six years. Holy crap. Every day, Monday to Friday, nine to five. But let's be honest, no. it was more like nine to two because <laughs> I was the worst employee ever. <laughs> and I mean, now that you don't work there anymore, we uh, can say that yeah. Michelle took very, very long lunch breaks. I took some liberties with the job, yeah. let's say that. So when, you know, back in our Irvine days, mm. we definitely took like three, four hour lunch breaks yeah. at the pool. Yeah. Because let's be honest, I was just way better than working. Yeah. I mean... Oh, do you want to drink tequila by the pool or do you want to sit in front At of your a computer? computer and work? <laughs> yeah. Eh, you know, it's Tanning fine. It is. 
You didn't you didn't clock out and you got paid for it. Oh. Yeah, and we can say that now. <laughs> exactly. Now you left. So. Yeah, so it's too late. Suck my ass, that job I had. <laughs> and that's why she left. And I pieced out. What do you do now? So I don't know if you're familiar with uh <laughs> with my new career, but it's microblading. What is that? I know, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even thank myself seriously. <laughs> God, that was the grossest thing I've ever said. I apologize. <laughs> and here we go. And here we go. Tequila number one. Te- yeah, we have like three sips in and I'm already yeah. feeling it. I mean, not gonna lie. We went to, so our amazing friend, Garrett. Shout out to Garrett. And he's amazing friends. We're going to cheers to that. Um, they opened a brewery called Ambitious Ales in... Long Beach, and it was their grand opening today. Yes, it was. And you have to check it out, and you have to go, because they make their own beer, and it's incredible. They have a mango one that is to die for. So good. And they have one that is called Central Perk. It's a coffee vanilla bean one. Yeah. It pretty much tastes like tiramisu, and it's pretty fucking incredible. It's delicious. So do that. Get one. Tell me about it. Yeah. And yeah. So there. that's what we did today. Yeah. So we had a couple beers. Yeah, we were daydreaming before a little jump, bit. Before <laughs> jumping to tequila, because that's, yeah. that's what we do. It's a natural progression. Yeah. Beer to you tequila. Know. Yeah. Beer is like an afternoon drink, yeah. and then we're moving on it's to something lighter. Beer is for breakfast. Tequila <laughs> is for podcasting. That's perfect. <laughs> so now I'm doing microblading. How do you like it? I love it. It's absolutely amazing. The career path that I definitely wanted to do. Why microblading? What brought you to? What brought you from corporate to microblading? Because that's quite that's quite the opposite. It is. It's very much so the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So as I was saying, the corporate job so on Michelle of me, right? So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So before that, I was always working in like more creative jobs, doing music stuff went to college for arts, got into like three different art schools. So I always imagined that what I would be doing would be in the arts. Yeah. And then as you get older, you realize your dreams don't mean shit to the real world. And also being an artist does not pay your rent. It doesn't pay the bills. And uh, my dreams uh, seem to be growing further and further for me every day. So I thought, shit, okay, I got to just get a real job, quote unquote, real job. Yeah. As my parents would want me to. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll do this. I'll just do this for a little while while I continue to chase my dreams. But six years later, I was still at my job. Yeah. So the whole six years while I was at this corporate job, I was super miserable, just being less and less creative every day, just being super bummed. And Watching Danny, my husband, doing what he loves every single day, being a tattoo artist, I was like, I need to stop fucking around and and do something creative that I love and kind of get back to what I want to do and tried to make it my goal before I turned 30 that I'm actually going to transition to a career that I'm extremely passionate about. Oh, that's a pretty, that's a solid goal. I set that goal and that's what I did. That's a, that's also a really good time frame. Because that's funny because I actually started microblading literally right before, like six months before turning 30. That's ex- exactly that's, I just, re- that's yeah, so crazy. That's super crazy. Yeah, I literally started in June of 2015 and then January of 2016, I turned 30 and I always thought that I would freak out turning 30 because I would be like, oh my God, I'm so old. Yeah. Um, And surprisingly, I think my only goal was that I have to have my shit together by the time I hit 30. Yeah. And I did. And I was like, I'm finally like, I actually have a career that I'm making like a stable income and I can actually like just build a future on that. Yeah. Which made it, you know, turning 30 fantastic. And now I fucking love being in my 30s. But yeah, that was like my one and only goal. I was like, if I have my shit together, then I'm fine. I can just keep on going. Yeah, 30, come and get me. Who cares? Look at you. So crazy. Look at our parallels. So fantastic. Yeah, because you started microblading in June. is when I asked you. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was September 
September when I took my very first client. Yeah. And then I turned 30 in March. Yeah. So it's like, that's so crazy. crazy. Okay. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. We were just meant to be together. Look at that. (laughs) Oh, how life works. Yeah. How do you feel now that do you feel like you have your shit together? I feel like I've got my shit together. That's for like such a good fucking feeling. It is. It's so weird. I'm like, am I an adult? Holy shit. Being an adult sucks. It does, but it also rules. Yeah. That's fair. It's uh, there's no middle ground though. No, I love it or I hate it's it. It's never like <laughs> mm, it's whatever's. It's either like I want to fucking kill myself, yeah, or I am flying so high right now, nothing can get me down, yeah, because I'm an adult. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like I can do whatever I want. I'm in control of my own life. Yeah. But then responsibility comes around, and I'm like, Mom, <laughs> somebody help, help me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That's being an adult, guys. That's what being in your 30s is. And I'm pretty sure the older you get, that just probably gets worse. There's always pitfalls. <laughs> always. So of all of the, basically your artistic background, of all of the artistic path that you could have taken, knowing that your husband is a tattoo artist, what brought you to microblading? It seemed like the most natural transition, just having my husband having his own private tattoo studio. And it would be something that we can kind of do together. I didn't want to be a tattoo artist. I didn't want to have the burden of him like apprenticing me. And I could never be as good as him. So I would never want to do that because I can't, can't even follow in his footsteps. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a challenging one. He's too good. And his name is Danny Derrick and he's probably one of the best fucking tattooer out there. So you should check him out. But yeah. He's really incredible. He is. He's the one who destroyed my knees with two beautiful <laughs> he roses. He kind of <laughs> murdered Audrey's knees a little yeah. bit. But they it look was good. worth it. They look amazing. But yeah, he might have disabled me for an entire <laughs> week. Audrey needed a wheelchair after that uh, oh session. Oh my God. It was intense. But yeah. Making a transition to work with him just seemed the most natural for sure. So we can we can work together and be artistic together and close enough of a field that I can, he can still teach me a lot of things and we can bounce ideas off of each other. So that's pretty good. Cause it kind you have like a support system right away that understands the yeah, path yeah. that you, that you're in, in a way, like it's a, obviously tattooing and microblading is different on so many levels, but it's also similar on so many levels, especially dealing with like clientele wise, business wise. Absolutely. That stuff, there are so many similarities in it where it wouldn't be wouldn't be too different to get his help on a daily basis with really whatever I needed. Yeah. That sounds pretty like a natural natural path yeah. to take. It, I'm just hitting the dogs. Like Everything's fine. Everything's good, guys. It's fine. Yeah, I just have two little donuts curled up next to me. I can barely fit on a couch. You know. They're like four pounds, but they take up all yeah. of the space living their best life they're just trying to be on the podcast yeah so after transitioning to microblading and working with your husband overall what made you want to be your own boss I would say I've always been more of a rebellious sort of individual yeah you are I can't help (laughs) it I'm just I'm I'm a bad seed you're a good person (laughs) I'm a good person you're a really good person but I've I've never liked when people tell me what to do like that has always drived me insane even in just like a work environment I'm like let me do my own thing I feel, I feel like there's a specific type of personalities that not to make it sound you know oh I'm too good to take your orders but it just there's a, I have I think I just have my personal approach to task or like how to tackle a situation I agree that if someone is like oh no you this is the protocol and I'm like no, 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 no. Like I'm going to do it my own way. Like if I can get there with on my own same result, even more efficient than you're telling me to do it. And why do I have to do what you're telling me to do? Exactly. Just because that's the way to do yeah, it. Yeah. Cause we've always done it that way or whatever it is. Like I've, I've just always had such a problem with authority that. Yeah. I'm the same. I just hate, I hate having a boss. I hate having someone tell me what to do. I hate, I hate the idea of the nine to five people telling you, you have to be at a job, even if you don't have anything to do that day, that you just have to be there because 
and I've just, I've always just hated that. So I'm like, and my parents are business owners, so I've seen them just run their own businesses, and I'm always just assumed that would, that's what I would do. I always assumed that I would just work for myself and have my own business, um, just growing up seeing that. So yeah, it just felt like, yeah, that Michelle, work for yeah. yourself. Fuck the man. That <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it all. How is it to work alongside with your husband? It's fantastic. People always are like, oh, if I worked with my spouse, we'd fucking kill each other or whatever. And I'm like, wow, that sucks. Like, <laughs> But Danny has such, I mean, Danny is an angel. Su- yeah. I don't even understand how to describe Danny. Yeah, he's literally an he's angel. He's like too pure for this earth, I <laughs> swear. <laughs> he's the purest person he's alive. so wholesome. I don't think like, I've ever seen him annoyed, no. angry, raise his voice. No. Just, I don't, he's just. He's so even keeled. Yeah. He's just so chill and happy. He's and just the sweetest. He's pretty fucking great. Yeah. So I can, I guess he definitely has like the perfect personality to work with someone. For sure. Like if anything, he, I'm the crazy one. Like he, like poor him but for see, having to like, work with me. Chris and I are both super stubborn. So, I mean, granted we, you know, we've actually worked together before when we worked in Vancouver. Totally, we're both yeah. working in a studio, but I guess we were kind of like doing our own thing, but more than, than it should, we just kind of yell at each other because even though we're aiming for the same result I want to do it my way but he wants to do it his way and I'm like no but my way is better there's (laughs) always gonna be that yeah Yeah. and yeah we're both very stubborn so that's just you know but it's fantastic yeah and also yeah Danny and I we I mean we work in the same space but our businesses are completely separate you know so he has his tattoo business and my microblading there's no overlap in finances or anything like that with our businesses thankfully so it's not not too crazy we just work under the same roof so yeah that's true not a lot of like margin for error there yeah yeah he doesn't have to make decisions for your tip like for your specific yeah, business we don't have and to make vice business versa decisions together yeah. which that that would be kind of hard yeah which i feel like that's where it gets challenging it could get challenging but yeah but that's exciting. Yeah. I love it's that. It's been great. Granted, it's only been a, you know, a couple months, but it's, it's been amazing. That sounds so fun. What, like, are you guys planning on getting a bigger space? Are you always planning on working under the same roof? We are always thinking about getting a bigger space, but it's just a matter of finding the perfect space because we've got it really good right now, just the two of us. It's, yeah. It's You perfect. guys also have a very good, like, it's a good spot. It is. It's yeah, it's everything small, about it but right at now the same time, it doesn't need to be bigger. Exactly, with just the two of us, it's fine. We try to stagger our schedule so we don't have like a ton of clients in there together at the same time. But yeah, we we definitely think about expanding or um, yeah, possibly going to separate locations if he found a place that would be better for a bigger tattoo studio, and I would want to just do specific brow studio. Yeah, we talk about it all the time, but. It would just have to be just finding the, the perfect right location. conditions. Yeah. yeah, that I feel like that's a challenging thing. If I compare, I'm just wondering if you're feeling the same. Uh, if I compare when I work at my studio here in LA, which we all just do permanent cosmetics, so most of us are just doing microblading. Iona does permanent cosmetics, but when she uses a machine, it's a rotary machine, so it doesn't really make a sound. But when I do work in New York, I work out of a tattoo shop. And it kind of always takes me like a day to get used to working with the sound of tattoo machines in the back. That's a really good point. How do you feel about that? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes there is overlap between Danny and I and I have a client and obviously we don't have machines. We're basically silent when we work. Yeah. And sometimes I'm working on a client and Danny has a client and he's got his loud tattoo machines going and I don't know if it's making my client uncomfortable usually it's older women that have never been in a tattoo shop Mm. so they don't know um so yeah I I feel like that is a little uneasy it makes me a little uneasy too when I'm I'm working and I I hear the the noise of a tattoo machine so yeah having that separate would be would be awesome or if we could have a a bigger studio with like rooms yeah (laughs) I was about to say I was barrier yeah because that's that's the thing is like I used to be in like uh 
a different shop that was in a closed room, which, I mean, the closed room was just so small, just too small. Yeah. But at least I was not hearing the machines. But it's this weird way that now I'm used at my shop that we're all in open space. I do love the open space because everyone starts a conversation and it kind of just carries through the studio and everyone is just chatting together. That's what's so fun. Yeah, because yeah. everyone... Is just so it's like, like in the same way. I'm like, ah, fuck the noise of the tattoo machine. At least we're all having a good time together. For sure. But yeah, it's almost when I have clients that have never been in a tattoo shop before, especially if they're coming in for the first time and they're already nervous because they're about to get, you know, a tattoo on their face. Yeah. And then on top of it, there's the sound of the tattoo machines. It's almost this weird thing that in a way they're like, oh, okay, I have it better than those people. Definitely. Like I had a client the other day that was, Danny was tattooing someone. Like, thank you for scraping my face rather than she actually was like, wow, tattoo. I'm glad I'm not getting my elbow tattooed right now like yeah, this guy. Exactly. But then at the same, on the other end, you have the other person that is already super nervous and now hearing the sound of the machine is just like triggering it's them. It's an unsettling noise. If it, you're not familiar. Really like for I mean, me, it's white noise, but for most but people, But that's the thing. It's, it's not scary. even, I'm, I'm used to it. And every time it starts, I'm like, God damn, like I just, it's a little know. harsh. Yeah. I feel like once I get focused, I don't hear it anymore. It's also the fact that because we work so close to our clients, I'm kind of used to sometimes we're, you know, we're having a quiet conversation. It's pretty intimate. But once the machines are going, you're like, we're just shouting at each other totally. to kind of hear ourselves over the machines especially if you're talking with someone else in the shop that is getting tattooed it's like everyone is just shouting at each other it can turn into chaos pretty quickly it can yeah and but sometimes yeah people that are getting tattooed the conversations that they want to have aren't necessarily the conversations I want my clients to hear or be around what that's also one thing I feel like tattoo shops are known for the most inappropriate conversations in and Danny tries to reel in his, I mean, you meet Danny and you don't feel like you want to talk to Danny the way that yeah, most he, people would like talk to like a street shop tattooer. Yeah. But sometimes people just because they're in a tattoo shop think that they need to say the most inappropriate shit. Yeah. They, they try to like get their cool They points. try to be cool. Yeah. And you're just like, you're such a douche. Yeah. It's, that's, yeah. That's always the awkward thing that you're like, eh, that might not be. Might not be the conversation <laughs> I would be having with this client right now. Yeah, I'm I'm bummed on you. Yeah, <laughs> please, sir, shut the fuck up. <laughs> if you could just just shut the fuck up. Please. Yeah, I'm just trying to tattoo my client's face. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm doing face tattoos over here, sir. Yeah, and I feel like there's you know it's nothing or everything. Like they're absolutely awesome, or they are just pure trash. I there's agree. No I, there's ground. There's rarely a middle ground. Yeah, there's no. really not. It's just yeah, it's a shithole or it's a fantastic tattoo shop One hundred. until you become a fantastic tattoo shop you're a shithole yeah. <laughs> we're gonna make it through this first tequila we're, wow, which is sipping. surprising i'm actually drinking quicker than michelle this never happens no also you guys all know from the last episode that i'm a grandma and i just sip on my drinks forever yeah. However, I need to share this because Michelle and I were talking about that yesterday and it's very strange and I need someone to tell me if I'm crazy about that or if I'm right. In November and December, I was really sick from asthma and I got prescribed steroids twice, not once, twice. The second time was for like 10 days. It really fucked me up. It was very intense. I had horrible. really bad side effects. But I just started realizing the past maybe month or so that since that, basically since December, I have just the strongest tolerance, tolerance for like if I smoke weed or if I drink alcohol, normally halfway through my second drink, I'm tipsy. You were a lightweight for sure. Yeah, I've always been, which is fantastic. Um, so I would have two drinks. I would be fine. Three was my absolute limit because I'm not joking. Past even like just three glasses of wine. Past that, I'll be hungover the next day. There's no exception. And same thing with I have, you know, a lot of different weed pens that I would just 
take like three, four hits at night before going to bed instead of taking sleeping pills because I have really bad anxiety and stress and I just can't sleep. So I need something. And and now I'm I'm not joking. I've literally went through all of them night after night. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take six hits, eight hits, nothing, not even a slight buzz. It's pretty there baller though. Nothing happening. I truly do not understand. I thought, okay, maybe it's an old one. I don't know. Bought a brand new one. Still this, the same goddamn thing. And now I'm kind of the same with alcohol. I'm at three drinks and I'm not even tipsy. Now's the time to enter into that drinking contest you always wanted to do. (laughs) Because you would probably win now. It's very strange. It is so bizarre. Because I I really, and I think it's the steroids because it's the only thing that basically was new in my life. Like there's nothing else. I had that in antibiotics, but that's it. I don't know if it was the combination of the two, but it is really annoying. And I'm really seriously wondering how long this is supposed to last. Like, I, I want to go back to the, my lightweight drinking self. Lightweight grandma, where you, where'd you go? Seriously, because now I'm just confused. You're I don't so know. so hardcore. It's, I can't even recognize <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm just pounding drinks. You are. She's chugging just, it right now. You guys, she's chugging tequila from I'm the bottom. I'm absolutely not. <laughs> um, no, I'm absolutely confused. And I'm, to be honest, almost kind of concerned. Yeah. I, I'm a little pissed for you, actually. I'm, I'm kind of yeah. pissed off. Well, my thing is that I've, you know, I used to work at a bar. So I've had, you know, I've had my party days. And it took me so long to figure out my limit. And what works for me, like it took me so many evenings of drinking to figure out that two drinks was my good spot, three was my limit after that. And I feel like I knew everything for like drinks to drinks and same with smoking weed. Yeah, you get that shit down to a science. But now I'm like, what the hell? I'm back to square one. So now it's, I'm just going to drink until I think that's going to be enough. But then all of a sudden I'm going to be too drunk. Or I'm going to smoke and just going to bed. And then all of a sudden, I'm it's like all or nothing too high and have a nightmare like three nights ago. <laughs> You're going to go from sober to blacked out yeah. in like one sip. It's dangerous. I really don't understand. We got to find. Yeah. Find is there, the I don't know. Is there a nurse, a doctor yeah, listening? Someone, someone, someone help, reach out now. Help. Like, cause you know, I'm not going to call my doctor just to ask her and that. And definitely don't WebMD that shit. No. But I trust the internet to DM me and yeah. tell me what's up. Real life doctors slide into those DMs. Yeah, come on. I, I got some nurses out yeah. there. Just someone. Yeah, slide in my DMs. Tell me what to do. It's an SOS situation right now. Yeah, I just want to be a lightweight drinker. Give me my grandma Audrey back. Seriously. Oh, it's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Michelle. Yeah. How's Greg? Oh, my God. God, Greg's amazing. He's just the sweet, you know, his his poop has been weird. I'm not going to lie. What's happening? It's, no, it's fine. <laughs> Is it because of the rain? It's a little bit because of the rain. He's not wanting to poop. Oh, that's like Coco. Yeah. I just backed up. It's a, you know, it's a dog thing, I guess. Oh, Greg's a dog, by the Hold way. On. Yeah. <laughs> it's not her husband. It's not <laughs> It's not my son. Well, it's my first son. Yeah. But um, Gregory is a fantastic dog. He is a person. He is. He's so judgmental. He, yeah. He's very emo. The most emo. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. Of any animal or person I've ever known. He, yeah. He's he the saddest sad boy. A, he really has a personality. His eyes look into oh your soul my God. and they rip it apart. He looks through you. He really I does. I don't understand. It's kind of freaky, but amazing at the same time. I'm always like, you might, do you like hate me right now? There's a real life person trapped inside and that dog, yeah. I swear. It's, it looks like someone's trying to escape. It's like the movie <laughs> Fluke. Have you seen that movie? It's like that. What is that? It's a, it's a movie about a dad that died and he got reincarnated into a dog and came back to find his family and live no, with them. And I, I think don't, Greg. I don't want to see that. I'm going to cry. I don't want to cry just thinking about sure. it. For sure. 
Oh my god! I want to say Kevin Spacey was the dog dad. No way! But I oh hope my god! Not. Yeah, I hope not. I haven't seen it since the nineties, oh. but I'm gonna have. Yeah, I don't want to see it, but I'm gonna try to find like a trailer or something. Definitely watch the trailer. What kind of person do you think is trapped in Greg? I think like a really emo, like Civil War soldier. Oh like my Greg god. has seen some shit. I just love Greg <laughs> even more now. Or he's like from medieval oh times. Like he's de- he's definitely seen some shit. He's I think seen that's some shit. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom in Greg. I feel like I learn more from just staring at Greg than I do by talking to pretty much anyone ever. I agree, but Palmer just respects the shit out of Greg because she hums his face just right in the face. Yeah, respect though. Girl also, knows what she wants. He's three times, if not four times, her size. Oh, for sure. And she's just like, yeah. You're like a horse. I'm going to ride you. Oh, and she does. She's Ride him, she does. Palmer, you're a wild one. Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> we have a special guest, Palmer Glass. <laughs> She's just, you know, hanging around, living your best life. I want to live Palmer's life. She's got oh, a good yeah. life. But yeah, Palmer loves Greg's. I mean, everyone loves Greg. Greg He's just the best. Oh my God, he really is. You should probably tell everyone the story of Greg and the bathroom. Oh, yes. Since you don't live there anymore. (laughs) Since we don't live there, we can talk about this. Another adventures of living in Orange fucking County. Oh my God. (laughs) It's the best story ever. When we first got Greg, he was, he ran away from a farm. Little dude had never lived inside his whole life. He lived outside. He was like a cattle herder. And so we brought him from the farm to the city in a little apartment. And we were like, he's chill. We'll leave him inside. We've never had a dog before. We want to go out to Universal Studios. (laughs) So we'll just put him like in the bathroom. He should be good. Well, flash forward eight hours after we've been at Universal Studios, we come into the bathroom. The sink is on, overflowing everywhere. Greg is on top of the counter, basically in the sink, just water and pee and poop all over the place. We're just like, wow, that was 100% a mistake. Come to find out a day later, the landlords are like, yeah, there's been some intense water damage within the walls (laughs) and the downstairs neighbor has to move out. And we're like, yeah, I think. It was Gregory. I don't know who that was. Yeah, sounds like a wall issue to like me. The plumbing's yeah. fucked up. Sounds like an internal problem. Better take care of that, you but guys. Gregory, he felt trapped. He was trapped. He definitely there were definitely like little claw marks on the door. Oh my I felt so God. we never did that since. We learned our lesson, poor little guy, but I mean, I would, like, you could never have guessed that that's how we would react. Like, we thought it was, we didn't have a crate. We're like, bathroom. It's also not like it was a small bathroom. It was huge. It's Orange County. Everything's humongous. Exactly. It's not like you trapped him in, like, you know, a tiny square. It was, it was way bigger. It was luxury. Yeah. Way bigger than a a crate. It's like a studio in Los Angeles. Exactly. Bathroom is huge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What a time. Poor little guy. And now he's just, you know. He's living the dream. Yeah, he really is. Just sunbathing with sunglasses on every day. He loves his sunnies, man. Oh my God, he really does. Okay, so enough talking about Greg. I mean, never enough talking about Greg. We can always come back to it. Yeah, we're not going to make a whole episode about Greg. Let's move on. But when I do post this, just so you guys know, I'm going to post some pictures of Greg in my story on Instagram so you guys have a visual of who we're talking about. You need a frame of reference. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty good plan. So let's bring everyone back to the business side of things. And Michelle, since you are new to the microblading world, fairly, yeah, fairly yeah, new. Definitely, I would say so. What's your experience so far? So far, so far it's been, I mean, absolutely fantastic. Um, I would say in terms of, some hard parts about it. I would say educating people client-wise on what to expect when they get microbladed has been a little bit more challenging than I thought it would be. Yeah. As I you feel know. like that's the one that it all took us by surprise. I feel like, yeah, definitely educating clients is what takes up um, quite a bit of, of time. 
for sure. What is one thing that if you were going back to, you know, even before mentioning that you were interested in microblading and going into the whole apprenticeship, what is one thing that you wish you knew before, like before jumping in? Is there something that now you're like, holy shit, I never expected that. I know that's, that's I'm a just really good question. I'm just putting you on the spot. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm feeling the pressure of that question right now. I feel like I just had I just had so many and I'm always just curious to see what's like now that it's been around for longer. I feel like some like people are often a bit more prepared. I feel yeah, I feel like I knew definitely a lot asking you for an apprenticeship what I was asking for, especially just yeah, having a tattoo artist husband and having you as like a best friend who's been doing this for so long. Like I pretty much knew how crazy it is like it's definitely like a crazy career it is people don't realize the customer service that comes with it the customer service is huge I think yeah I think actually the customer service part is what I probably would have like delve into more but I mean we did that after so it's never too late yeah and I feel like it's always hard to you think you've seen it all and then you have not and then just crazy Linda rolls in and then cuckoo Nancy rolls in and you're like, and this is just never ending. It's crazy. Yeah. Once you, once you thought you've, you've seen what crazy is, crazy comes in the door after yeah. that crazy. It just, yeah. And I feel like it's like that in every field for sure. And yeah, but it's almost that I think we've all thought that because it's such a permanent service you would think that people would do their research and their homework. You would think. So you would think that educating, you know, clients through your website and whatnot would filter down the crazies. Yet. It on, like brings the crazies out sometimes. Yeah. And somehow with something that is so popular and has so much information out there, the amount of time I still get clients coming in and the second they lie down on the bed they're like so what's microblading almost every time and I literally just want to walk out the door like are you hold on what first of all you went through the process of booking an apart an appointment which is not easy also all of the goddamn information is on the website. And upon booking an appointment, you agreed that you've read all of that, which now you lied because you didn't read <laughs> you any of it. You clearly are a liar. And then you got to the studio and you filled out an entire waiver regarding tattooing your face, yet you signed that away. Like, like it's sorry, not a big deal. What the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. And then <laughs> like, after what? that, you lie down and literally ask what is microblading and seems clueless when I explain that there's a healing process and I'm like, but I'm about to cut your face. Yeah. Your skin is going to have to heal. I'm We're a, not like, sharpening. Here. I'm bringing a blade to your, it just, I don't know. I think it, it kind of baffles me of how people can go ahead and make such a really fucking important decision. Huge. Without knowing anything about it, just because so-and-so told them that that was the cool thing to do right now. Like, the, oh my God, you need microblading. Like, this is, yeah. And you're like, cool, click, yeah. book it. This and is what? now or never, girl. You need to get your brows microbladed. <laughs> and then here we are, just coming in. It's fucking baffling. clueless. It's absolutely baffling. And then we all know, and I mean, don't think we're stupid. The second you ask that question... We know you're going to be a nightmare client throughout the entire healing process. Because obviously, even if I'm explaining you what's the healing process for the whole two hours that you're laying down and I'm giving you an aftercare card that explains the aftercare process and it's all on the website, I know that you've probably did not read it once you left. You Definitely probably not. did not listen to what I told you. And the next day you're going to email me freaking out. For the next two weeks, please, people, do your homework. Do your homework. It's not even that hard. It's not it's even... really... It takes... I mean, give yourself a good 20 minutes. 
go on the website of the artist that you're about to book and literally, even if the tab doesn't ring a bell to you and you don't think it's for you, read it anyway. Read it all. Read Just, literally yeah. everything. Like, it's a website. It's not a novel. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing crazy. So just go for it. Read every section possible. You can't know too much about what you're about to do to your face or to other part of your body. Overprepared. Yeah. It just... And I think that's why so many really horrible, like, microbladers are getting away with this and, like, having clients because after taking some clients, realizing how little people know about stuff. Yeah. Oh, this is how these people... There's so many people, I feel like... ...doing garbage microblading. Yeah. And you can tell them, like, yeah, you can have zero knowledge and your client won't even know. They don't know. Because they don't know either and they don't even ask questions, which is also bananas. It's crazy. Like, I have clients sometimes are like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm asking so many questions. And I'm like, no, I'm about to tattoo your face. If there's something you need to know to be comfortable, please ask me. Everything. I'm going to tell you everything. And that's also one thing that I always tell to people. If someone comes in, not informed, and you can clearly right away see that they should probably not do it because their expectations are really not up to what microblading is going to offer them. They're just going to be disappointed no matter what is going to happen. Honestly, even, gosh, no matter what. Like, tell them that microblading is not for them and send them home with, hey, maybe you should try, like, henna brows totally just getting your brows you know tinted and shaped and whatnot but don't keep a client just to take their money it's not going to work out for anyone in the end no No one will be happy with that situation it's going to be so much work on the artist part afterwards to kind of re-explaining everything and trying to convince the client that everything is normal and pretty much talking them off the ledge because the next few days they're going to freak out for how dark their brows are and at the end of the day, it's just not worth it because that's the kind of client that might just not be happy with the result because they didn't know what to expect. I've so, definitely sent people away like that yeah. before. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but yeah. I, I'm not confident that you are going to be a good, a good client. For exactly. Me. I mean, there are people like I feel like now I'm really starting to kind of and, you know, you would think almost four years and I'm just starting to be like, OK, it's actually really worth it to turn people away because I feel I just wanted to make everyone happy. And being like, and that's the hard part too. Yeah. You want to make everyone happy. Because I would be like, no, trust me. I'll be conservative. But at the same time, I'm like, there's no amount of conservative sometimes that you realize that people just, you can do as little as possible, but it's still too much for them. Like some people are just, yeah, some people are just not ready for the change. And that's the thing is that if it's a huge transformation that you go from like the skinniest sperm brow to making, you know, a proper brow as it should be, first of all, it's going to be fairly thicker if you want to include as many hairs as possible and whatnot. And that's such a huge difference that I would almost say, talk your client into trying just a tint where it stains the skin for that shape. Just so they get used to, you know, going... A proper shape at that point. Yeah, like a couple weeks with just their brows kind of basically filled in the shape that it should be. And then they're going to be okay with probably taking the leap for microblading. Yeah, some people just can't but go from waking, zero to 60 yeah, on that. Waking up with like your brand new brows that are 500% darker than they're going to be. You're like, well, shit, I fucked up. Which is a fair reaction if you don't know what if to you, expect. If you, exactly, if you don't know what to expect, if you don't in, inform yourself. Yeah. So people, do your homework. Do your damn homework. Because to be honest, it's easy. You don't even have to search anything. The information it's, is it's all there. there. It's almost being shoved down your throat at this point. Yeah. Like, you have to be running away from the information to not know it at this yeah. point. It's you kind have of crazy. to be turning your face away from the screen yeah, you're, because you're it's bird boxing right the information. <laughs> Don't bird box me, people. Don't do it. Gosh, that should be a thing. It, it is now. Yeah. I think I'm going to make people check. I did not bird box <laughs> this. <laughs> that's going to be this consent form. <laughs> that's going to be in the agreement. In my terms yes. and conditions, I'm adding, did you bird box this? Yeah. And you have to check 
no, no. I did not. If bird you check yes, I'm turning you away. You're fired. You're fired as a client. Oh, this is a good plan. Perfect. Good job, Michelle. Thanks, Audrey. Look at what look what tequila does to us. Tequila makes my brain Business work. Decisions. <laughs> We're this smart. Is, yeah. This is how business are built. On I alcohol. Truly that. I truly <laughs> believe that. I've yeah. I feel like I've had my most creative decisions slightly drunk. Yeah. Most likely. Just not like three sheets to the wind, but No. But you know, I'm when buzz, when you, you know, yeah, buzzing a little. When you hit heavily. the like tipsy the tipsy wind, then you're like, ooh, creativity is just coming around. Did I just become a genius? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's tequila. <laughs> <laughs> it's Patron. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, such an enabler. I love it. I love it. Um, so Michelle, and now that you are self employed, yeah, what bitch. are your best? <laughs> Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. What are your best advice to someone who wants to take the leap to work for themselves? I would say if you want to fucking do it, fucking do it. But also be smart about it. It's super, super hard working for yourself. You don't have anyone to fall back on. You have to make every single paycheck for yourself. I would say the number one piece of advice, save up money for six months six months worth of money to live on minimum that's probably the best financial advice for sure yeah I would say save every penny make sure you have six months of comfortability in your finances after all your business expenses to live on and then after six months usually hopefully shit's rolling for you but yeah because I feel like six months is a I mean obviously there's many you know field of self-employment for sure so we're kind of more talking for I guess this the is specific to art side of side of things because if you're trying to start an investing business I don't know I shit about nothing that for you <laughs> I know what I know not. yeah and I don't know what I don't know exactly <laughs> um but yeah that's a really good one that definitely financial backup as an you know just a personal way to support yourself yeah. in case there's no income for a while you never know. or just less income and yeah you just yeah. you truly never know because you could start off so amazingly and being so busy and then one morning you wake up and all of a sudden you're not busy and if you've been blowing your money this whole time because you were like oh shit i'm so busy i'm going to be rich forever exactly that's especially the in one. the arts you ne- the arts is so exactly. up and down you never know you really never know so as much as and it's i understand that it's hard that you know we obviously live in a world that having things is absolutely fantastic Unfortunately, but, yeah. unnecessary consumerism. Yeah, which I'm all. the goddamn queen of it. Um, <laughs> no, shopaholic no, 101 over here. <laughs> um, but you know, this is my resolution this year that I'm actually trying to not buy shit that I don't need, I which is pretty it. much everything that I have yeah. I don't need. But we can I Marie Kondo it. I love that. Oh my God. I'm so not ready for it. I know. You'll but yeah, there. I'm trying to like, whenever I want something, I kind of force myself to sleep on it. That's a really good rule. No impulse day, buying. No. We're not going online shopping after all this tequila tonight. Okay. <laughs> I can't promise anything, but I'll try. Okay. But yeah, that's, that's definitely my weakness is watching TV with a glass of wine. And then, I don't know, the show that we're watching is over. And now we're kind of just, putting something in the background and then I'm like oh I saw this today on Instagram I should probably try to find it and then I go down the rabbit hole of like filling up my cart Always. on every goddamn app that I have but at least I still do that however I'm very strongly stopping myself from checking out yeah just don't push that yeah. purchase button so I just fill up my carts with all the shit that I don't need and then when it comes around the checking out part, I'm like, nope, going to bed. The next day, to be quite honest, the next day I completely forgot what the fuck I was looking at. Anyway, totally. you're like, why did I want this yesterday? That's oh, I thing. was brainwashed at the time, literally yeah. to want that. Now There's that's a lot gone. of times that I'm like, later on, like a week later, I'm looking for something else. And then I go on the app and my cart is still full. And I look and I'm like, 
delete, delete. I did not need any of that. Who was that, Audrey, yeah. last week? Exactly. And that's the that's the absolute proof of how many fucking things I buy that I don't need. Exactly. I have so many things in my closet that still have the tag on it. It's bananas. It's I do that too. So frustrating. It's worse when it's online shopping because I will not return online oh, clothes. I'm the laziest motherfucker so when it's fucking it lazy about that. And they give you the shipping labels, but I, I just have, will not return it. I have two blazers and a pair of pants on my desk right now. That I'm going to live there forever. I am past the return date. <laughs> now I'm going to have to go in the store and lie about it in the hope you to need, get a fucking You need store to bring credit. a doctor's note in with returning those, that blazer and pants. I'm that I'm absolutely and listen i worked retail long enough i fucking deserve this you, okay? you've been through it all I've, you deserve i've to, earned yeah. my lying credit to the retail world and you know they're gonna know you're lying through your fucking teeth oh yeah but that's okay but uh, they, yeah but they're not allowed to tell me that they know i'm lying because the customer's always right yeah so suck is. it i'm gonna <laughs> tell them that i was traveling and I got this as a present, and here I am. I give me store credit. I've just arrived. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm easy. I'm really not asking you to refund me my money because I'll be back buying something else that I don't need anyway. Exactly. Just give me a store credit. <laughs> like this is going to be a continuous circle, yeah. you guys. Like I'm going to be in here buying and returning. My and money buying and returning. is staying in your business. Yeah. I'm not even asking <laughs> you. Not even asking for the money back. Just put in a goddamn store credit, so then I can feed my. Because then I spend it and it feels like it's free. Because exactly. that money has That's how they get you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. So I just fuel my own, my own shopping. I'm the issue. same way. But yeah, but I'd, I'm getting really, really, really better. I'm very proud of you for that. Yeah. It's I've hard. actually returned several things recently. That's and amazing. Yeah. I wish I could do that. Now I have to say though, now I'm on the plane. I don't know what happened. I saw an outfit in my head. That's how my brain works. And it involves a white blazer. Now I have an obsession. I literally went online and ordered any goddamn affordable white blazer <laughs> that I could find. That was, in, I literally have five white blazers on its way. Um, <laughs> you got to workshop them all. That's the thing. I need to have them all. And then I can try them with the set outfit in my head. See what's the perfect fit. I'm allowing myself to keep two as long as they're different. Like, cause I've ordered some shorter ones, some longer ones, some different shape, like some are oversized. So I'm allowing myself to keep two. That's a good rule. Out of the five. And to be honest, most of them were like four over 21, $30. Yeah. So I'm getting good. Low stakes blazers. Yeah. But I'm really, yeah, I'm not letting myself buy bags at the moment, shoes, I'm really you got I'm, it all for the I'm most part. I'm sticking to. I gosh, I I have bags and shoes to fucking dress a small village. So <laughs> I really you definitely do. Yeah. So yeah, that's my that's my resolution. I have no idea how we got I on like, this subject, but hey, whatever. But we're here exactly. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Let's shopping lean into it. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm trying, trying real hard. Pretty. But oh yeah, because we're talking about saving your money. That's why. Oh, yes. Yeah, speaking there, of, there you save go. your money, bitches. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I think that's a, that's a really good way to realize how much you're spending, though, of like, oh, I just bought this $30 blazer and then this $20 pairs of jeans. And then, you know, 17 items later, you're like, oh, shit, I spent $500. The fuck did I just do? Exactly. But I would say, especially living in LA, I'm kind of jealous. Oh, shit, she finished her drink before me. Is God gone. damn it. Hold on. I'm going to take a big sip. Chug it. I chugged it. Dunzo. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, yeah, so talking about saving money, I'm actually really jealous of people that don't live in the United States because you guys don't have Postmates. Postmates is the fucking devil. It's the enemy if you're trying to save money and also not I be love fat it. because, oh my like, God. I would marry Postmates because it's everything I I've ever to be my mistress. Yes, absolutely. I would have Postmates is my lover. Yeah. That's really what it is. Postmates is my side chick. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So for people that don't know what Postmates is, it will literally 
bring should we tell people i don't want people to get hooked on this if they Uh, i mean if they don't know about it i they have to be living in a cave right now so they probably don't listen to this podcast anyway they're definitely not podcasting (laughs) so postmates will bring you anything your belly may wish so whatever (laughs) literally anything what does your belly want whatever you're hungry for and it has this beautiful thing that let's say you're watching movies and oh no, you hit the bottom of your bottle of wine. Like let's say you're listening to this podcast right now and you're like, I'm going to have a glass and shit, you're out. Guess what? Postmate is going to bring, Postmate, please sponsor this goddamn podcast. This uh, podcast um, brought to you by Postmates, uh, hopefully in the future. I wish. But yeah, so you can Postmate yourself a goddamn bottle of wine or anything. It's anything. Heaven and hell all at once because, you know, of course, because they bring it to you, it's more expensive. No shit. But, but at the price same time, we're willing to pay. It's like, yeah, it's, I don't have to go sit in traffic to make it to the grocery store. And you're going to save me all of that for an extra $5? Hmm. Yeah, take my $5. Are you kidding me? But after seven days in a row, you're like, oh, I spent a bit too much money on veggie grill. That shit adds and up. And whatnot. So it's great, but Chris and I did kind of go through how much we were spending on Postmates a month. Nearly had a fucking heart attack. Yeah. Um. So we actually, a couple months ago, I kind of made a deal that, because not only we would order Postmates for dinner here, but the girls, we would order Postmates for lunch at the studio. Oh, I remember. It's a fucking just, yeah, you just go down the rabbit hole and it's just never ending. Um. So yeah, when we added up the numbers, it was like, that's offensive. That's absolutely not okay on any sort of level. So I, we force ourselves that we cook every night and we allow ourselves, listen, we don't stick to it every week, but at least we try for the most part. So we try to cook dinner every night. We allow ourselves to order Postmate for dinner like once or twice a week. And most of the time I actually only order food at work if I don't have a break most of the time I bring a lunch or I go to Whole Foods and you know get something at a normal price but yeah those are you know just all small little ways to save money and so just getting to that that if you want to start a business and kind of save up six months of funds to live off that's an easy way to stop postmating people stop postmating food Stop shopping. Is it postmating or postmatesing? Yeah, what is the? Yeah, because the goddamn s at the end just fucks it up. It's like I feel like it's my postmate. Yeah, it's my best friend. Well, there's just one person like delivering to you, so it should just be postmate. It's my postmate. It's my post buddy. Yeah, I understand that there's a lot of buddies out there. It's my post BFF. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's just post lovers from now on. Oh my god! What if post Malone was the (laughs) postmate? If post if you ordered Postmates and Post Malone showed up at your door, he's never leaving. Oh my god, I f- he's I'm never leaving. He is not allowed to leave this house. Are you gonna lock him in your dungeon? Absolutely. What are you gonna do to him down there? I have no idea, but he is not. I just leaving. want his pink jacket. He oh yeah from the Grammys. I want Post Malone. I hate to- that guy, but I want that fucking. Jacket. I love him. Oh my god, I have just a deep love. Yeah. I'm like, I'm definitely the outlier on the, the, oh my God, I the love post Malone haters over here. Oh God, I'm going to get so much shit for that. I shouldn't love have said that. Him. It's okay. On the last podcast, I said I hated the Smith. So, hey. Oh, true. Well, fuck <laughs> Marcy. So, yeah. whatever. You can so eat I my ass. Got way more haters than you did on this. But yeah, I really fucking love Post Malone. Like a lot. So does everyone. So, yeah. I don't know. That's okay. I just want him to deliver me food. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> that's your postmate. And just stick around to hang out. That's yeah. not, that that's not too much to ask. Yeah. Come um, on. I, that's really not a lot to ask. Anyway. I don't think so. No. That's a that's a reasonable request. I have very small requirements in life, guys. Yeah. Just post Malone, show up at my door with food and stay forever. Yeah. Like, come on. Uh, is that too much to ask? Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's being serious yeah, again. Um, okay. We're going to try. So serial, um, so super serial right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. 
what are your goals for the next five years? Ooh. I feel like I just had a Jonathan moment right yeah. now. <laughs> are you Jonathan Van Nessing me um, right now? <laughs> also, can he, can you have a glass <sighs> with Jonathan Van Ness? Because, oh my God. I'm going to put it out there in the universe. This is probably my ultimate goal. Well, you guys both have amazing podcasts and it needs to come together. So we're going to put it in the universe. I'm going to write it down. But I hope that one day. Are you the secreting this right now? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) One day we're going to have a glass with Jonathan Van Ness. And if Anthony wanted to show up, I mean, oh I my wouldn't God. say no to that. If Anthony shows up, he <laughs> is not leaving this house. I mean, if Tan wanted to come too, I guess. Oh and God. I mean, if Karamo happened to stop by, I mean, but like Bobby can like fuck off, I guess. But just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No. Bobby's like waiting in his car for everyone <laughs> to be done with the podcast. <laughs> I love Bobby. I, just, I know. I, honestly, I love him too. But I love them all. I really want them all to just like oh, be my brothers. I know. And like my guiding lights in life. Their life. I love them so much. But Jonathan, for real, like, but I yeah. want him to yeah, I'm really be gonna, my dad. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm putting it out there. I really hope one day Jonathan is on this podcast. I feel like you guys would mesh so well together. This might be a fucking five-hour podcast for all I care. It would be. We might never stop. No. Might go on for five goddamn days. Post Malone might pop up and be like, what the fuck yeah, is you guys like, talking about Bitches, we long? need food. <laughs> Bring Post, me food. Post Malone, go get some food. Go order me something. Oh my God, that's the dream. Look at that. What if Anthony cooks us food while we podcast? He needs to be in a deep V if he's cooking anything. Oh yeah. Either shirtless or mm, the deepest V. I want to see the belly button. Yeah, that Tokyo photo with that deep V. Shook. Oh my God. Anthony. Like, I know you gay, but damn. He speaks French. He's my people. Oh, wait. Yeah, Uh, he's from Montreal. He's my people. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He should. He'll pop on by. You know, eventually, I'm sure. I get, I get you guys like special. find each other, right? You're like, yeah, oh, we're both we, French Canadians living in Los Angeles. We really find each other. That's very true. I think he lives in New York. Damn it. I'll find him. It's okay. okay. Don't you worry. You're there enough. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. This gets me really excited. What are your goals for the next five years? So five year plan. One, don't die. <laughs> This must be the most serious, yet the most hilarious goal of all time. If you're going to have goals, you got to be there to achieve them, right? I mean, that's the, that's the realest, <laughs> that's the realest statement I've ever Bitches don't die. Live to see the five years. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Be careful out there, people. Dude, I'm out there on the road. I'm Stick precious around. cargo. Okay. No one, no one yeah. ram into me with your car, please. No. And- no one, if if any serial killers out there are listening, don't murder me, dude. I've, no. I really like living, so yeah. just leave me the fuck Find alone. Find someone else. Yeah. She's Move not on the one. The second house down from mine. There's a, there's an old guy down there that hates his life, okay? Like, pass yeah. by my door. There you go. She's not the one. Just no. keep on moving, I'm buddy. I'm not the one you want. I'll put up a fight. No. Yeah, so don't die. And then um, after that. I would say I expanding expanding my business for sure. Um, like we were talking about earlier, opening up a bigger studio, possibly. Would you ever want, I mean, you know, that might be beyond the five years, but I'm just curious. Would you want more than one location eventually? I, would, I, d- I definitely would, for sure. I'm not sure where yet. I've always, I've loved like Portland, like if I could have something Portland. there just to give me an excuse to go there Portland all the time. Slash Strip club land. Yes, the land of Diablo. Oh my God. Shout out to Diablo if anyone works if there. Has an, I yeah. love you. Anyone has been to El Diablo, just, yeah. And Lucky Devil. Anyone anyone shout that works at either out. of those places, shout out. I love you. Portland strip clubs are the best. The best. Almost yeah. rivaling Montreal for sure. Actually, better, oh, I think it's better. better. Yeah. I, yeah. I really think Let's they're, I think they're at the better. top. I don't think I've ever been to better strip clubs than yeah. Than Portland, the best. Yeah. So yeah, just keep on. So staying alive, ass. staying alive, uh-uh, expanding uh-uh, your business and going alive. to strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, that's, that's the goal. Living the I just want to be alive enough to see as many strippers as I possibly can, as often as I possibly can. That's that's a good one. I love it. Yeah. 
And then doing business in the meantime. Yeah. You and know. Ma- you know, make some you money know. along the way. <laughs> like, you got to make those dollars yeah. if you want to make I'm it rain. keep post-mating, <laughs> you're going to make some money. Oh, that's amazing. Thank I love you. it. I'm really excited for you. Thank you so much. I mean, so, I so literally want to be here if it wasn't for you, so... <laughs> Well, that's not true. You're my we brow mean, mom. Okay. Oh, I am your brow mom. And I'm such a proud mom. You, your unconditional love of I'm a brow mom that I ever wanted. so fucking proud of her. It's kind of crazy. Thank you. I'm really, really happy. Thanks, baby. Really proud. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for, for having me. For coming, you know, all the way down here. It's been amazing. And you're amazing. You're and amazing. <laughs> oh my god. No, you no, you hang up first. <laughs> this is never gonna end. No. Um fuck, we're the worst. But yeah, honestly, yeah, I wish you the best. Because you really deserve it. Thank you're you. really hard working. And you're my child. Try to be you're my brow child. And I love it. I'm your bra baby. <laughs> oh, you're my bra baby. Okay. Uh but seriously, thank you so much. And I love you. I love you so much. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Bye. Bye.